football, baseball, basketball, anything sports. Auburn's 91.1 FM WEGL presents the scoreboard with your co-hosts, Bay Marks and Jacob Hillman. Your calls are welcomed at 334-844-9345 or follow them on Twitter at Jacob underscore Hillman 3 or at Bay underscore Marks. Now, let's take a look at the scoreboard with Bay and Jacob. Welcome into the scoreboard, WGL 91.1 FM. Or if you're streaming on WeagleFM.com, this is a scoreboard two-hour special today for Bay Marks alongside Jacob Hillman. Happy 50th birthday to WGL 91.1 FM. 50-year anniversary for the radio station. Technically, it's on Sunday. But technically, we're, we're celebrating, celebrating today. Right now. With why not two, two hours celebration? Three days of celebration. And what better way to kick off the celebration than with your nationally nominated sports show, with WGL's The Scoreboard. Um, a lot of great stuff we're getting into today, folks. Like I said, two hours. We normally only go for one. Um, we have plenty of stuff on the docket today. We have several interviews, starting off with Rick Smith here soon in the first hour. Uh, the Auburn University football stadium, Jordan-Hare Stadium announcer, PA announcer. He'll be on with us. We're also going to recap A-Day from Jordan-Hare this past weekend. Uh, Auburn baseball, basketball. Uh, we're going to talk about some recruiting and Auburn baseball this upcoming weekend. A trivia segment, which we've never really done before. <laughs> I'm going to puzzle Jacob's brain a little bit. Um, and then our last interview of the day is going to be with none other than Jared Dillard, uh, Auburn University at two-time alumni. Um, <laughs> he was the host of the Extra Point the past several years and the sports director led us to New Heights. He's going to come on in person uh, for the last two segments. But uh, to get the first segment started off, before we get into all the great sports stuff and get to talk to Rick here in a few minutes, uh, Jacob and I thought it'd be uh, a great idea to reflect and look back on our time at Weagle, what got us involved uh, in honor of the 50th anniversary uh, special today. Yeah, for sure, just because this this organization has really been a huge part of our Auburn lives over these last years. We've been here all, all three years, yeah. Yeah, we, we walked into Camp War Eagle uh, and immediately decided we were going to join. We, yeah, we weren't, we weren't your, together, story, yeah. but that, that's how it started was at Camp War Eagle. That's for both of us. We... We knew we were going to room together, and I don't think we really talked about Weagle or anything or anything like this, but we both ended up finding the table. I spoke with Noah Gardner. He was a station manager our freshman year. Jared was there. He didn't talk to me. He was just, you know, he was there talking to other people. And, you know, I was hooked because Noah asked me, he's like, what do you want to do? He said, sports broadcasting, sports talk, whatever it is that has to do with sports. And he said, well, you're in the right place. So that brings us to, and I imagine it was the same conversation with Jared. Yeah, so, well, for me – it was the same thing. We I went to the Camp War Eagle uh, after Jacob, and like he said, we already knew we were rooming together, and that's what I wanted to do coming to college. Um, uh, Speedy off the Rick and Bubba show back in Birmingham, he's a very close family friend of mine. He recommended, recommended me for getting involved in uh, Weagle, and when I saw Weagle at uh, the Haley Center at Camp War Eagle, I walked up to uh, Jared and Noah, and <laughs> they both hooked me on. Uh, I think Jared said something like, yeah, I work for ESPN, and Noah's like, yeah, like you'll get a good job here one day and stuff, and Weagle has those connections. Weagle has that capability, the, all the professional equipment to do stuff like that um so same thing as you it just it just hooked me from the beginning and i just it's it was a starting point for me yeah and we got on the email list that's one of the things you did at camp where you'll just sign your name because i don't even know like how me and you start talking i think were we in our dorm room and i was like i'm going to a meeting you're like i'm going to that meeting yeah pretty much and and like i said it's like we get the email it's like all right let's go to this meeting on monday whatever day it is who knows when it was because it's probably like a week or two into the semester and that's the whole thing about it is that here at Weagle, you you get started immediately. They're throwing you behind the mic. They're training you well, and you're ready to go. And like that, that's what 
is so great about it. You don't have to wait two years to actually have your show. You know, you're, you're thrown right into it. And, you know, I know for a fact this show is a lot better than what our first oh show was. Oh, my gosh. Well, and I remember, too, was um, if you're a longtime listener of the scoreboard <laughs> and you listen to our first episode, first of all, God bless you because <laughs> yeah. that was a – it wasn't a bad show. That was a good first show. It was I a just, good first show. Like I just remember, first of all, the studio, if you've never seen the studio, it was completely flipped. We had a different desk. And I remember Noah Gardner, uh, the station manager at the time, still works with Jacob with Radio Alabama. Uh, he came into the studio, uh, knocked on the door, and like in between segments, it was like, guys, it's like, y'all sound like really good. Y'all flow really well together. And he's like, have y'all like been doing this? And I was like, well, I got like a very minimum ex- uh, exposure to this. And Jacob said the same thing back in high school. Um but that first episode didn't it break like the Weagle like listen RIP R- the, the Weagle SoundCloud. But yes, yeah, it did. at the time it had breaking the all time listens at Weagle for a replay on a SoundCloud. Yeah, and it was it was one of those things where it was exciting because I think that kind of really energized us to keep up the hard work and keep it going because we felt Noah, great about it. Yeah, Noah, Jared, they're both very encouraging and stuff. And you know, going back to Jared becoming sports director because. It, he wasn't originally a sports director. Noah called him and said, hey, how about you come in and do this for us? And Jared said, fine. And that started off on a negative note just because bad things happened. But it was it was one of those things. The sports where he, department was in a very dark place. He was motivating yeah. us. And like I said, we had, we had done that with our show. So we were already energized. And then that was a little more. We were like, all right, this is serious. Let, let's let's do this thing and and that's kind of where it took off like i remember i mean this is such a vivid memory too i remember here at weagle you have to take a dj test and once you get the dj test passed you can finally start sitting down and thinking about show names and show times and i remember me and jacob uh think like brainstorming ideas coming up with an idea and i remember we went right above where the uh, weagle station is we went to the old pizza place i think it was a papa john's Mm -hmm. and i remember me and jacob sitting at that table calling my dad and i we were just so ecstatic i was like dude i was like me and jacob have our own sports talk radio show on 91.1 it's called the scoreboard well see that's what's so crazy is like when i think of college you think okay you go to classes yada 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 well then when i learn about weagle and that we can actually do this it's like this is awesome. Yeah. Because you come in your freshman year, your first month, and you're already doing shows and stuff. I mean, not anything better. Yeah. Well, and it's also like I remember us just sitting in, in Lufton Hall in our dorm room, and we were, we were <laughs> trying to think of, like, good names for the show, but also a name that was generic enough to talk about anything in sports that we wanted to talk about. And I remember looking at Jacob, and I was like, let's brainstorm things that are – that it's a common thing in every sport. And I was like uh, – like ref like ref talks on like whistle talk and I was like bench. no the bench show or yeah. something like that and then I was like well a scoreboard that's an everything that's very important. Like, let's call it the scoreboard yeah and, and it's one of those things that you know you've coined the phrase let's flip on the scoreboard let's flip it off you know th- today we'll be flipping it off for the final time of the semester and next semester we might have a new show time we'll talk about that whenever we get closer to that time but it, it, it's one of those things that you just feel like you have you have the freedom to do so much and you really start making friends and you know you enjoy their company and another thing this is not something we dealt with because we were we were together we were rooming together but i mean i've heard the stories of people just sitting down and you know just looking at the person next to them and say hey you want to come to the show together and then they do that yeah like that that's just what weagle's all about well and to see and what jacob talked about is like you just have that vision of what you want to do and weagle has the capabilities of you doing that i mean seeing where we went from that first show um, where me and Jacob would literally 
days ahead of our show, like Monday. Like our show's always been Thursdays <laughs> at four. It's never changed. Thursdays at four, it'll change for the first time next semester. But my bad, it's uh, my schedule. Yeah, it's all Jacob's fault. So, <laughs> yeah. um, but anyway, so I remember like us sitting down like Mondays and Tuesday afternoons in our dorm room. Like we, I would share a Google Doc with Jacob, and we would sit down and not only write out like what we wanted to talk about every segment. We would put down notable stats. We would put down scores, speaking topics. I mean, we still care about the show that much, if not more, yeah. to this day. But, I mean, that just showed, like, from the beginning where we were at. And, I mean, to speak about where we've come, here off the top of my head, uh, it's on my resume, actually, just because, I mean, like, these are huge yeah. awards. National awards that we've been nominated for for the past two years, our sophomores and junior years here at Auburn and at Weagle. In 2020... For the Intercollegiate Broadcasting System Awards, Jacob and I were nominated for Best Sports Talk Program finalists, okay. and that's in the entire country. Okay, but and this is stupid because they never said who the winner was. I have believed to this day it'd be us. You know, I, I kind of want to claim it like Alabama claims national championships. You know, what, now that you say, it, I'm just going to change my resume after the show to say winner. Because of. because here's the thing: literally every other category has a winner. But that category has no winner. So we were nominated for that. We were nominated for Best Show Promo Finalists um, that year. And for the Extra Point that year, we were also nominated for Best Use of Video and Radio Studio Finalists. And then this year, we were also, again, for um, nominated for Best Show Promo uh, once again. So um, it's just crazy, man. It's just very humbling. And it's just it realized how blessed you are to see how far we've come from uh, people calling and texting us after mm-hmm. our first show. I mean, those people still listen to us to this day. I mean, I know your family listens, my dad and my family listen, Poppy listens, um, and friends, and I mean, my little brother, Riley. Ever since he got to Auburn, he's started listening a lot. So, Well, it, it's kind of funny. Like, I'll, I'll Jacob Graydon, it was funny. He went back and listened to an episode like a week later. It was our tournament preview where I said the Pac-12 wouldn't have yeah. any teams get past the round of 32 and they had like every team was yeah. like six of them and we also and thought the Big Ten like, would be big what too. a take here yeah and I was like yeah that's not good speaking of which after the show we do need to go back and claim all of our files since those are getting cleaned out yeah, this we summer. Do. we'll do that um, new semester also means new music yeah, it does. We'll be here over the summer so we can work on that. I was gonna say we, we've got a lot. We, hey, we can almost continue the show, but we, we, who knows? Well, yeah, we'll think about it. We'll, we'll keep that. we'll keep you hanging on the edge. But uh, but one other thing we haven't mentioned was you know broadcasting like Auburn volleyball, Auburn soccer, Warrior yeah. basketball, Auburn high softball, and intramurals. Yeah, inter- Oh man, I forgot about that. the Weagle extra point all star game that I had COVID for and uh, I nearly canceled. We'll save that for Jared. Yeah, we'll that, let Jared oh my gosh, go rampant on that. <laughs> but. I, I, you know, it's just so many opportunities here. Yeah. And obviously, we've never delved into the the music side or the new side or anything like that. But, I mean, you can do so much here. And, and, and like we said. Can you tell Jacob's the sports director? <laughs> Slight plug. Shameless plug. Sorry. Sorry to kind of promote and, and do a little recruitment. But no, very, you know, very worthwhile. I really think it's just it's something that shaped me throughout my college career. You know, the first two years, you know, we've got Jared leading the way. And... We do so many different things with live sports, our show, doing the intramurals uh, our junior year, and then the COVID shutdown happens, and we're like, what the heck? And as, as he said, I'm sports director now, and trying to manage that, I th- I, I'm not you know pleased with what we did, but I'm very, we maintained. That's how I feel we did this year, Alex Houston and I, co-sports directors. Now, next year? Next year. Like this? Yes. Through the roof. Through the roof. So, you know, it's one of those things that – we we're all proud of what we've accomplished here and i think that's something a lot of people can say who have come through weagle and that's what we love about it and also just making friends i think that's 
how we're going to kind of end this segment. It's just the friends that we've made along the way. Jared, that's going to be on the show later. Jack Hart, who's changed our logo. He he has to go into his app and change. He his, clicked twice. All the production. And, yeah. Yeah. And, and yes, that's yeah <laughs> exactly. It's it's some of those things that's just you know these are lifetime bonds they that are. we've made. So they are. I it's, don't know. It's great friendships and great relationships that people just we won't be taking for advantage um, throughout our lives. I mean, been very blessed to get to know a lot of these people here at Weagle, but I mean, it's gonna be it's gonna be a heck of a ride. But it's been fun. We we've made a lot of memories. We've we've introduced ourselves to a lot of new experiences, and like Jacob said, the opportunities that we've had the we've had the privilege of doing. Um, I mean, it's just been. It's it's been something that we'll never forget. I mean, me and Jacob, like you said, those lifelong friends like Jack and Jared and Carter Bird, JP Williams, and the countless others, Alex Houston, Davis Carroll that I'm forgetting right now, and um, just the life lessons and stuff that we've learned. I mean, it's it's been fun, and we are not looking to stop anytime soon. Um, like we said, we have a long time still left on this radio station. We're gonna make the most of it. So, but on the other side of the break, Rick Smith, Jordan Hare. Stadium PA announcer, CMJ and professor, Weagle alum, Rick Smith. He's going to be here on the scoreboard on Weagle 91.1 FM, the 50th anniversary birthday special for this beloved radio station. Don't go anywhere. Other side of the break, we'll be right back. Thank you for tuning in to the scoreboard with Bay Marks and Jacob Hillman. You can find the scoreboard podcast on Apple, Spotify, and anywhere you find your podcasts. Welcome back into the scoreboard here on Weagle 91.1 FM or streaming at WeagleFM.com. A two-hour special of the scoreboard. Jacob Hillman sitting alongside Bay Marks as we are now joined by Jordan-Hare Stadium, PA announcer, CMJ and professor, and Weagle alum, Rick Smith. Rick, how are you doing today? I'm good, guys. How are you? Yeah, we're doing great. Just celebrating the 50th anniversary of Weagle 91.1 FM as Weagle turns 50 on Sunday. But yeah, we're very happy that you're able to join us today and just just want to talk to you about your time at Weagle and kind of how it impacted you throughout your life as, you know, as we talked about the first segment, we've loved our time at Weagle and, and we know that a lot of people that have come through have done the same as well. So yeah, I, for, I wouldn't change it for anything. It's it's one of the best things that's ever happened in my life. Yeah, and, and the first question we have for you is, how did you get into radio and specifically Weagle ninety one point one FM? <laughs> it's actually this this crazy accident. I'll try to tell you the the short version of the story. But uh, until I came to school at Auburn, I had never done anything in radio at all, and had never thought of it. In fact, the the thought of speaking to large groups of people absolutely terrified me. And uh, I accidentally met someone whose boyfriend was the uh, music director at Weagle. So it was it was someone I knew, uh, his cousin. He and his cousin were very good friends. And her boyfriend was the, the music director. His name was Steve Dwyer. And she made a comment about, hey, you sound like you have a voice for radio. Have you ever done anything? And, and people had asked me that along the way. But like I said, just the, the thought of talking to large groups of people terrified me. But I was new in Auburn. I thought, you know, I'm, I'm here. I'm looking to meet people. It sounds like something that may be fun. I'll give it a try. And she introduced me to Steve. And that was my entry into Weagle. And I absolutely fell in love with it. 
Well, let me ask you this. And like Jacob said, first of all, thanks for coming on. We really do appreciate it. We know you're a very busy man around campus. But uh, have, first of all, have you seen the you've seen the facilities in the student center? Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, how would you compare those or how would you say they've changed compared to what uh, Weagle was when you uh, were a student? Well, I think they're much nicer. Weagle has uh, a little more money than we did back in the day. But, you know, it, it's also a growth process. I know when I was station manager, my idea was to build just a bit on the people who came before. And I think that's been true from the very first year or so, from 50 years ago. The idea is just to make it a a little better and a little better and a little better. And after 50 years, we are where we are now. And, And I really see that as a process of all of us together. Yeah, and, and we want to talk about a little bit after your time at Weagle, after your time at Auburn. So what did you do immediately after graduating? Because we know that it's something that kind of you grow into, the radio business and, and really just speaking into a microphone. So what exactly did you get into after graduating? I graduated from Auburn in June of 1985. We were on the quarter system back then, so spring quarter ended in June. And I actually went to work for a bank as their communications director. I did everything that was communications related, both internally and externally for the bank. And they were always very encouraging of other things that that I wanted to do. So while I was there, I had the opportunity to be involved in announcing high school football uh, during that time. I did uh, play-by-play for Auburn University baseball for a couple of years, and a wide variety of things like like that. I did a a good bit of stringer work for ABC Radio and ESPN Radio. So, although you know I had one foot in the corporate world, I was also able to keep one foot in in the broadcasting and announcing world. Well, and I, and that leads us into kind of what I was wanting to get into next. Well, first of all, my dad, uh, he's a high school PA announcer, uh, so he. He's been in the same seat you are. Not as big of a stage as what you do on Saturdays <laughs> in the fall, but um, you're, he claims for you to be one of his idols. He looks up to you and models his announcing after you. Shout out Keith Marks. Yeah, shout out to Keith Marks. He's listening. He actually met you at a College of Liberal Arts Day uh, last year in the fall of 2019 inside Jordan-Hare. Uh, he asked for a picture and everything. That that made his day. But uh, that kind of leads into what I was wanting to get into next was seeing, seeing a PA announcer and seeing what you do, did you ever expect – being the Jordan-Hare Stadium PA announcer, especially like when you were back at Weagle and that was kind of what you were starting to get into here at the radio station? Well, first of all, tell your dad I said hello. I remember meeting him. That was such a great conversation. I, I hope that I get to see him again soon. Oh, yeah, he's listening. He he, t- he said, I will be tuned in at 415 to hear <laughs> Mr. Smith talking, so he, he can hear you. Well, hello. I, I, let's get together soon. I'd love to sit down and, and talk. You know, the, as far as, as getting into, into how that happened, it – I think for announcing in general and and be it being an announcer for a radio station, announcing sports in some way, it's a matter of getting involved. And once you get involved, one thing leads to another that leads to another that leads to another. And part of it is we get better over time because this is, you know, very much something we learn as as we go. But it's also a matter of of making connections about being good at what you do and, and a reasonable person to get along with, you know, a pleasant person to get along with. And and that helps. So that that's really the, the story. And where that begins for me is Weagle. The first pu- public address work I did was for Open Like High School. So from the PA side, that actually began with, with high school for me. And again, I'll, I'll 
I'll try to make sure these stories aren't too terribly long. But that connection led to me doing PA for Auburn University baseball. And then that was my introduction to Auburn University football. So, you know, as far as did I ever imagine myself in that position, I think anyone who is in announcing in any way sees a job like Auburn as a dream job. You know, I, I think it's not only one of the best in the country, I think it is, is the best in the country. Now, obviously, I'm a little biased as an Auburn guy from way back, but I think that's the case. So, you know, I think it was, it was always a dream. Whether or, not, whether or not I thought that was a practical reality, I, I don't know. Now, you know, I'm often asked how I got the job, and, and my answer to that is, and people say, did you audition? And, and the answer to that is, well, yes, but not in the way you think, not so much in a, in a traditional, you know, sit down before us with a script and audition. It's that I, I auditioned one baseball game at a time for five years. And one of the things I like to say to my students is you always have to understand this is true for anything you do, but especially for announcing every day is an audition because you never know who's listening. You never know who's paying attention. And that's why every job matters and every connection matters and every day matters. You just never know what it's going to lead to. Yeah. And bouncing off that, that idea of always auditioning. You you visited my news and sports announcing class, especially you usually teach that, but Greg Olson teach it this semester. Yes, that Greg Olson that played baseball at Auburn, uh, he uh, he brought you in and you told us about how you got the gig for the SEC football championship. And I thought that was such an interesting story because of just how they approached you and you know you didn't expect that at all. So uh, go through that story and, and and what it meant just to know that your hard work was paying off. Yeah, it's a very similar type story. Um, my first year announcing Auburn football was 2006. And I knew that the SEC job was going to open after the 2007 season. But I thought, you know, I'm I'm new at this. There have been so many others who have been around much longer than, than I have. I never really considered that, that I would have an opportunity. And about halfway through the 2006 season, I got a call one day from Jeremy Roberts from Auburn Athletics, and, and he said, hey, uh, there's a guy from the SEC office that's going to call you in about 10 minutes. He wants to ask you something. And Jeremy kind of laughed, and, and he said, I'll see you later. And he hung up. <laughs> and so I had no idea what this was about. And about 10 minutes later, I got this call, and, and the person explained, you know, I, I work with the SEC. We will have an opening for the SEC announced position at the end of the 2007 season. What we're looking to do is have someone come up for the 2006 championship game just so we can talk, you know, discuss philosophy, the way things operate. But we would like for you to come and, and be the backup and be in that position and, and we can talk more. And what it came down to to a large degree is, you know, Auburn's approach in announcing is to be neutral. Other schools do that in different ways. There are other schools whose announcer is more of, of a cheerleader type, and that's great. I mean, you know, certainly nothing wrong with that. Every school has to do what's right for that school. Auburn's approach is to be neutral. Carl Stevens was the stadium announcer for 27 years before I was. I know that it was true for 27 years because that was Carl's approach, and I'm sure it was true before that. And for me, as an Auburn guy coming along, that's how I learned to do it. That's the way you announce a game. And, and obviously for a championship game, the approach has to be neutral. 
Well, but, I like what you mentioned so, about the neutral thing because that's kind of what my dad always talked about. You was something he modeled after you was the fact that you that you've never been the the raw raw guy like you were just mentioning. He and he kind of modeled his game after that, and I think so, that's something that not just him, but I think that's something especially like me growing up listening to your voice in the stadium and stuff. But I think that's something that a lot of sports fans and people that come to games and hear your voice. I think that's something that they really do appreciate. Well, yeah, it, it's really remarkable to me how many times. Auburn fans comment on on that, and I, and I know in 2006 when I was taking the job and it had been announced it would be me. I can't count the number of times people ask. You know, they would say, "All right, now it's going to be it's still going to be neutral, right?" That's <laughs> very important to Auburn fans. So yeah, you know, this was another case of of every day as an audition. That the the person who from the SEC, his name is Craig Maddox, the person who invited me for to the SEC championship championship game was in the stadium on a day I was calling an Auburn game. I had never met this person before. I had no idea he was going to be there. So again, that, you know, that game was an audition. I was auditioning for the SEC championship game and had absolutely no idea I was doing. Yeah. And and one more thing we want to get into is, you know, I'm actually not sure that how long have you been teaching here at Auburn and, and what has that meant to you just to, you know, teach the, the young generation coming through the CMJM program? My first year teaching was the fall of 1992, so I'm wrapping up my 29th year at Auburn. I, I do like to point out to people I was seven years old when I started teaching at Auburn. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm nowhere near retirement yet. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's been almost 30 years. That's that's kind of crazy. But I've had an opportunity to see, you know, a, a, more than a generation of, of students come through. In fact, I, I finally had this happen. I knew there would come a day where this would be the case where I've actually now had uh, the the daughter of a former student come through. So I'm, I'm working on my second generation of, of students now. Well, that that's cool to hear. And real quick before we before we hit the halfway point of the hour, we'll have to let you go. What after hearing your journey, because it is so interesting just to see how everything culminated for you and your story and journey from, you know, Weagle to graduation and everything so on and so forth to now, looking back at everything that you've accomplished and that you've been through in your journey, what has all that meant to you and especially Weagle and what has Weagle meant to you throughout all that and where it's gotten you? Well, as I said, when, when we first started, Weagle really did change my life. I mean, it, it changed the, the course of, of my career. It was through Weagle that, that I met my wife, not directly, but Weagle led to my first commercial gig. And that's where Carol and I met. I was the morning announcer and, and she was the sales manager. So there's a connection there. Uh, some of the best friends I've ever had in my life and, and still to this day have in my life. I'm glad to have them came because of, of Weagle. And I also had the opportunity to, once I came back to Auburn Beach, to work for many years as, as the advisor for Weagle. And that meant I was able to continue relationships with, with people who were involved in Weagle and, and help them in the same way that, that Weagle helped me. Well, Rick, we can't thank you enough for joining us today on and to help celebrate Weagle's 50th birthday. And and it was a great conversation with you. And, and we, we wish you the best. And we can't wait to hear you again in Jordan Hare Stadium in the fall. Well, thank you very much. Thanks for the invitation. And I'm proud of you guys and, and everything you do. You understand not only how important it is, both for your career and for the audience, but you know how much fun it is. It, it's just such a great thing to be a part of. All right. Thank you very much, Rick. Thank you, Rick. We really appreciate it. 
Thank you. War Eagle. War Eagle. And that was Rick Smith, Jordan Hare, Stadium PA announcer, CMJM professor, and former Weagle alum and station manager, Rick Smith. On the other side of this break, we're going to get into our sports talk, but I mean, it's just it's just great to really talk about Weagle and the and everything we've done here and talk to other alums who have done the same thing. So, I mean, it, it's just a lot of fun to do that, right? It's a it's been a fun experience. I mean, getting to see where he's come from and getting to see where his journey took him and knowing how important that Weagle's been to him throughout his career is just it makes you feel like what you're doing is it's definitely going to pay off one day and without a doubt it's definitely going to for students like us and just for for people that are wanting to get into the industry that's similar to that. Um, I mean, you you can't talk about the value that I mean, it's just the radio to some people, but to us it's just, you know, it's another it's another thing that we want to do for a long time, another thing that we take a lot of pride and enjoyment in. But um, having him on for the 50th anniversary, I think that was a great a great person to talk to and a great person to 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 interview and stuff. Yeah, and as I said, on the other side of this break, we're gonna get back to the sports talk, the usual scoreboard, a day recap. We're gonna talk about what we expect to see from the Brian Harson era in 2021 yeah we're going to talk about a day we're going to talk about all the different things that we have planned for today we also have that trivia segment we were getting to later we also have the auburn baseball segment that we were going to be talking about um and then jared Dillard, like we mentioned i saw jared walking through the studio we're gonna have to get somebody to come in here and kick him out because jared's time isn't here just quite yet but uh uh we're gonna get we're gonna get it back rolling and we're gonna have a good time for the rest of the show today um but like we said on the other side of the break we'll be back with great weagle content and great scoreboard but don't go anywhere this is scoreboard wheel 91.1 fm Thank you for tuning in to The Scoreboard with Bay Marks and Jacob Hillman. You can find The Scoreboard podcast on Apple, Spotify, and anywhere you find your podcasts. We're back. This is The Scoreboard on WEGL 91.1 FM. Or we're streaming live on WeagleFM.com. We welcome you back to the show. 50th anniversary special with Bay Marks and Jacob Hillman live from the Weagle Studios. Sorry for that little delay right there. Uh, I've been having some technical difficulties the past few shows, but we got it figured out. Hopefully we'll be technical or technical difficulty free uh, for the rest of the show but once again thanks again to rick smith the voice of jordan hare stadium for coming on our show uh, if you missed our interview with him last segment go back to anywhere you find your podcast spotify apple music you can go back and listen to our podcast with mr smith again thank you to him for coming on uh, for the next few minutes we're going to talk about some auburn basketball recruiting um, with the addition of arkansas transfer desi sills some good news some bad news as good of news today first. there was bad news yeah good news first desi sills has committed to auburn and he's an Arkansas transfer. He's got experience. He's going to have two years of eligibility left, and he's kind of he's kind of that that added experience to the backcourt that you know all basketball teams look for and that you kind of need in the tournament. And he, he's not he's not going to come in and flourish like some explosive player. He's going to be in the same role as he was at Arkansas, but man, he was good in that role at Arkansas coming off the bench. Yeah, he was, and he's going to be somebody. I mean, you think about it in the offseason, Auburn lost Shreve Cooper and Jamal Johnson, two guys that were very productive for them last season, and they lost Justin Powell. Um, and not to mention, they also lost at the beginning of the season Turbo Jones. Uh, so a lot of guard depth was lost last season. Um, adding him alongside Green, Zepp Jasper, adding him alongside those guys, I mean, he's going to be able to make a very deep backcourt. But like Jacob said, as of today, some bad news regarding Auburn signee Trey Alexander out of Oklahoma. Yeah, he's decommitted and opened up his recruiting again. I imagine Auburn is not going to be a part of that. And it, who knows what that can mean. It, there's a lot of things it can mean. I think something Noah Gardner and I talked about, I mean, 
I guess that opens up the possibility for Scooter. Yeah, you would think. You would think. You would hope, actually. And it's one of those things where Auburn, it doesn't ruin anything Auburn's got going on. Oh, no. I mean, does it help? No. No, it doesn't. But losing a top 75 prospect when you have incoming transfers like this, it's not the worst thing. Yeah, and it's one of those things where Auburn was already pretty crowded in in all areas, so it just makes it a little bit easier to decide who's going to play and who's not going to play. Well, and to think about it, he was the only guy originally coming in with Jabari like True. a month ago. True, and it, so Auburn's 2021 20, recruiting class looks a little weaker, but it still has the highest-rated uh, player Auburn's ever signed in history. So, yeah, good news, bad news, but that's what the world of college athletics is right now when it comes to recruiting with the transfer portal, and especially after the COVID year, having being able to transfer wherever you want, having the extra year of eligibility. In a few years, it's all going to bounce out, but for the next year or two, it's going to be chaotic. Yeah, I think one thing, like Jay was saying earlier, the fact that like it's so many guys now, um, even with after Trey Alexander announcing his decommitment from Auburn, um, it's just the fact that there's a lot of guys in the room that are looking for playing time. And who knows, that might have been the reason. Um, I mean, you don't... I can't blame a person for wanting to play, but I would have much rather seen him come for a year and see what the culture and see what the program was like. Um, but again, like Jacob said... It's not the worst news in the world. Auburn's hit the transfer portal pretty well this year. They've gotten several good recruits out of it. And you have guys coming back like Alan Flanagan. He announced this week he was going to come back to Auburn. He never officially announced he was going into the draft. Um, But having him back definitely uh, is an SEC player of the year contender going into next season. Now I guess the biggest question mark we thought the biggest question mark left was if JT Thor was coming back. But Trey Alexander kind of ruined that for us. But uh, the biggest question mark, like Jacob said earlier, was does Auburn use that on another person, does JT Thor come back? Um, just a few little wrinkles in the roster you got to figure out. Yeah, and as I said, there's nothing to be worried about or concerned about because Auburn's in a great position. They're not they're not losing players. You know, back in March and early April when guys were transferring out, people were concerned. And you know, for me, it was wait and see because. Always had trust in Bruce. And that was the right mindset to have. Of course, there's still turnover happening. You're bringing in all these transfers that are solid players. So, you know, it was kind of to be expected when, because I think Joshua Talley posted a tweet in the last 12 days, this has happened. It was just a bunch of commitments with Walker Kessler starting it off. So, it's not the end of the world for this decommitment to happen. And as we said, I think it's going to end more on a good note. Auburn's going to get another commitment or two, maybe another transfer, maybe Scoot Henderson uh, reclassifies, and maybe JT Thor returns for another year. You never know. Ty Ty Washington still hasn't committed. Auburn wasn't in his top six, and but hey. Hey, you never know. Xavier Pinson didn't have LSU in his top four, and Xavier Pinson went to LSU, so who knows? I it, mean, yeah, that, as okay. This is why I try not to get too much into basketball recruiting. You know, I see a guy available. Man, it'd be cool if Auburn got him. Well, I'm not going to. You start hearing whispers, but then. I'm not I'm not investing into it. I, I made that mistake last year in quarantine with Jalen Green. Yeah. Greg Brown, Jonathan Kaminga, and Cliff Amore, and um, Mac McClung. Yeah, see, Jalen Green was just the one for me that just absolutely. That, well, I'm going to be completely honest. Him and Greg made more sense out of the rest of them. They did. You're like, right. I really thought that those two, especially with the shock of smart whispers during the um, during the <laughs> a quarantine. year too late, right, yeah. Texas? Literally, which uh, I guess he did that on his own. But I think yeah. he was being pushed out the door. Oh no, that was one of those deals. It's hey, if you go take this job, we won't fire you. Mm-hmm. 
and then you turn around and hire one of your rivals' best coaches ever. So, I, I hey, you know what would have been fun? Being on, like, Texas Tech or Texas radio when that happened. Yeah. That would have been a scene. But back to Auburn. I really think that the roster might start to take shape where we're seeing, okay, the lineup's going to look like this. The lineup's going to look like this. And that all depends on what J.C. Thor decides. Yeah. Once he makes his decision, we'll kind of know what we're going to see. And we'll hear more in the offseason like we always do. I think Auburn's biggest thing right now, if they're going to go ahead and use Trey Alexander's spot, if they truly don't want Trey anymore, because, I mean, he never said that Auburn wasn't out of the running. But if you're going to go ahead and use that, use that on another three guard, because Mm -hmm. besides Alan Flanagan, who plays the two and the three, the only other person you have that could play that is maybe Devin Cambridge and maybe Jalen Williams, but Jalen's not a shooter. I would say Chris Moore can as well. Uh, and Chris Moore, yeah, but yeah, I know. You could find somebody a little bit better than You're Chris right. Moore. Um that's my opinion on that. I agree with that. And I think that you kind of want to find a positionless player. Now, I will say though, with Green, who's who did in, in fact sign today. I'm excited about Jasper too, but I'm excited about both of them. But he is very Jared Harper-esque. Yeah. But, okay, he's Jared Harper-sized with Sharif Cooper's game. I like that comparison. He's 5'11", 170, drives to the basket, wraparound passes, has good vision, can shoot just a little bit. He's not a knockdown shooter like Jared is, but his drive and kick and his drive and wraparound pass ability and dump off is very Sharif-esque, if I had to say so myself. I agree with that. And it's one of those things where it's the Bruce Pearl style. Yeah. He loves those short point guards that have incredible vision. Average defense. Yeah, and Harris thing. With this team coming back next year, even if Thor doesn't come back, you don't need any great defense from your no. point guard. You, you need, well, you Zep want, brings good defense, he though. He does. So. And, and that's why he's so good at that combo yeah. guard position. Because what I like is that he he's a little bit better of a shooter than Green, I would say. And he's just able to do a lot more. He does things. He does everything well. Uh, Green does. But I think Jasper does his his range is just wide. Yeah, and he's and bigger he physically. Bigger. Right. On the other side of the break, technology permitting, <laughs> fingers crossed in the studios. Uh, we're gonna get into something we've never done before here on the scoreboard. We're gonna get into some sports trivia with Auburn Sports and Professional. I'm gonna be quizzing Jacob Hillman on some some sports knowledge. So if you want to stick around, don't get anywhere. This is the 50th birthday edition of the scoreboard. Bay Marks with Jacob Hillman, Weagle 91.1 FM. Thank you for tuning in to The Scoreboard with Bay Marks and Jacob Hillman. You can find The Scoreboard podcast on Apple, Spotify, and anywhere you find your podcasts. And we're back. It's The Scoreboard, 91.1 FM. Or if you're streaming on WeagleFM.com, thank you for listening to the 50th birthday edition of The Scoreboard on Weagle, 91.1 FM. Happy birthday, Weagle. Looking good at 50. Bay Marks and Jacob Hillman back. 447 on the planes. If you want to call and be a part of the trivia segment, 334-844-9345. 334-844-9345 is the number to dial. But don't touch that radio dial because we're getting into some sports trivia with Jacob. So here's the way it's going to work. I'm scared. He Don't cheat on my screen because you can, the way the studio set up, he can I'll, see the screen a little bit. Yeah, there you go. Over. Move the mic. We have, let's see, one, two, three, four. I have six relatively, like, not hard, but like trivia-esque questions for Auburn sports. It's particularly football and basketball, just because that's what Jacob probably knows the most about. And then I just have a few sports trivia questions, probably about four uh, professional sports going from NFL to MLB to the NBA. Not a lot of questions in that area, but we'll kind of break those down to, to fill some time. But let's, let's go ahead and get into it. Jacob, <laughs> 
He's not. He's relaxed. He's he's as cool as a cucumber. I, I, I know how this. I know this is gonna go horribly. So I'm just gonna no, let I, it happen. I told Jacob I'd, I'd give him not some tee balls, but I'd give him some that okay. reasonably a person would know. Okay. Uh, let me. <laughs> one of these has me so weak. Hold on. Um. Okay. Brian Harson was named the Auburn University football coach in December of 2020. What number head coach is he in Auburn University football history? Oh, goodness. Like, let's say, like, this isn't accurate. Like, if you were to say, like, Shug Jordan was, like, 8th or ninth, what is he yeah. in Auburn history? Not too terrible. No. I'll give you a hint. It's in the 20s. Man, I was going to say it was in the teens. It's got to be in the low 20s. I'm going to say, I think it's, is it 22? Is that your final answer? Oh, don't do that to me. <laughs> it is not 22. I'll give you one more guess. Is it high, higher or lower? It's upper. Okay. I'm going to say 26. 28. Okay, wow. Second. Auburn's had that many head coaches? Yeah, I know. See, Auburn typically doesn't have a high turnover rate with and, head coaches. And, and it's, because of the, it's because it's recency bias. Yes. If you go look in the before the Barfield days, it wasn't good. And the Barfield days were bad. I don't know how he was here as long as he was. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I guess that makes sense. Plus, just early 1900s, you just coaches aren't going to stay for more than too long. Yeah. True or false? This one, this is kind of an easier one. True or false? Auburn's all-time bowl game record is twenty-four nineteen and two. Ooh, that's that's a specific one. I'm pretty sure Auburn has a winning record in bowl games. If it's false, I'll give you the real one. But true or false? I'm gonna say true. It is true. Auburn is twenty-four. It was twenty-four and eighteen and two. I saw it on the game notes. From, yeah, but we lost. <laughs> uh, so that is Auburn's all-time bowl game record. All right, we're gonna get into a little bit more difficult ones. I mean, I, in the I, Auburn sports world, I already struggled with that first one. <laughs> <laughs> well, this can be really fun for me. Then. All right, um, let's see. Okay, here's here's a good. We'll we'll keep the Auburn football trend going. Who has more passing touchdowns all time between these two? Brandon Cox or Damian Craig? Oh my gosh! What a question. Ooh. <laughs> How many years does the Craig start? Do you know that off the top of your head? Uh, I don't have that information. No, two maybe. <sighs> I, I, two or three. That three feels pass. right. He didn't start for four years. And 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 Brandon Cox's last it's, season. Hey, it's very it's, it's very really close. close. Yeah, I figured. Man, I feel like it's gonna be Craig because I feel like Auburn aired it out a little bit more with him, and I feel like Brandon Cox's last season kind of. I mean, it just wasn't. Two thousand seven. Yeah, it just wasn't. So you he think, was airing it out. So you think Craig, though? I'm going to say Damian Craig. It's Brandon Cox. By how many? Three. My God. 42 to 39 all time. Wow. Yeah. It's, it's crazy, dude. Like, yeah. I did not expect... I thought, like you said, I thought Damian would have at least like 10 more. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, Brandon Cox hasn't beaten that department. Um, we'll get some some tougher ones. This is Auburn men's basketball. Who has the school record between these three for most points in a season between Bryce Brown, KT Harrell, and Marquise Daniels? I'll give you the order, and I'll give you their points, too, and what years they came in. Who has the most— Oh, if you tell me the years, that's obvious. Well, I won't tell you the—I'll tell you the years they happened, like in the answer. What do you, what do you mean? Okay. Go ahead. I, I imagine you're not going to give it away. I, I, I won't you. give it away. I trust you, because— <laughs> who, who do you think out of those three in, the, in a season has, has had the most points for Auburn men's basketball? I think it's Marquise. You're wrong. Is it KT? It's KT. Okay. KT, out of those three, was first. He had 648 in one season in the 2014-2015 season, Bruce's first year. Okay. Bryce is second with 637, so 11 less points in 2018-2019. And then Marquise is third with 625, uh, 02-03. to That's not all-time list, but between those three, that's the pecking yeah. order of those three. I, I felt like, I don't know, I just felt like Marquise probably 
took, and which it makes sense that this is the thought process I should have gone through with KT. Was I felt like Marquise was kind of a dominant player on that team. Yeah, KT was that player for that 2014 to 15 team. This this should be relatively easy. Who is the all time men's basketball leader in field goal percentage? And I'll and I'll let you have that one. It's pretty easy. Really? Yeah. Don't ever think it. I mean, Charles Barkley? Yeah. Okay, yeah. In the 82-83 season, which wasn't even his final season, yeah. he shot 644 from the floor. Wow. See, and I was thinking, like, not overthinking. I was like, okay, it can't be that easy. I was thinking, like... It's like the only guy that has a basketball statue on campus yeah. might be him. But I was thinking someone from that 99-2000 yeah. team, like yeah. Porter or someone, I don't know. He shot 644, though. That's crazy. Or 64.4%. Um, okay, final Auburn trivia question before we move on to some professional questions. This is just for for giggles. This is hilarious. Okay. I saw this today. I just had to put it in there. Who has... <laughs> Hold on. I'm, I'm kind of chuckling over here. Okay. I'm, I'm afraid. <sighs> Pull together. Okay. <laughs> Who has the record for most personal fouls in a season for Auburn's men's basketball? <laughs> Simeon Bowers. No, but I would have really? guessed that too. Really? Yeah. No, it's not him. Okay, give me some options. Okay. I can't do that. You can't. You only give the answer. I only have the. I can't. If I had the list pulled up, I'd do it. But I don't. I don't have the list. Okay. So, is it actually here? I'll pull up a list because it's probably my my history. Is it recent? Uh, yes. Okay. All right. So I've got two names in mind. Don't overthink it. Actually, mm, think about this one. Horace Spencer. Let me pull. Hey, he he's a good guess. Yeah. Um, Rob Chubb's another in my mind. Malik Dunbar. <laughs> I mean, I don't think he played enough. Off the backboard. That. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Um, it's an insane amount of personal fouls for a season. I should know this then. I'm trying to think if someone just... just. I need a final answer. Oh, goodness. I'm going to say a Sean Dixon Tatum. No. It is Anthony Macklemore. Oh, my gosh. With 120. I can't believe that. In the final four years. Yeah, somebody that's, you know... Pretty solid as a player. I mean, that makes sense, though. He's aggressive when it comes, and especially that final four year coming off the ankle injury. He wasn't able to get those block shots, so he probably came down on players' hands a lot. I don't know how I didn't think of him. I was thinking of, like, chaotic players that were looking to yeah. do crazy stuff. I was I, I was sat there, and it, it kind of puzzled my brain knowing that Anthony was was the one. Well, but see, he probably didn't have quite, like, even close to that many the year before. Yeah. And that, that not, got the hurt, it has to do yeah. with injury, yeah. but, like, I think he. I doubt he would have been on pace for even close to that. That's it for the Auburn ones. We'll move. I've. I've a couple professional ones. Okay. All right. Between these two, who in their career has had a higher passer rating? Drew Brees or Aaron Rodgers? It's got to be a Rod. You are correct. Yeah, because yeah, I mean, statistically, a Rod is like one of the best quarterbacks ever. And I think Peyton he's one of the most efficient quarterbacks. Yeah, because he he hasn't played long enough to get the the gaudy stats like Peyton Manning has. Yeah, or Tom Brady and Drew Brees had been going back and forth with until Brees now retired, so Brady will take him over. So Rodgers is one hundred three point yeah. nine. Um, wow, and Drew's ninety eight point seven. Patrick Mahomes is still number one all time. Yeah, and but we'll it, see. Yeah, it's a he'll balance career. out. He'll have he'll have an off season at some point. Yeah, he will. All right, we'll move on. We'll go to Major League Baseball. Um, who has more career strikeouts, Justin Verlander or Max Scherzer? Gosh. Oh, man. The difference between I'll, – I'll tell you this. The difference in strikeouts is less than 200 between these two. It's pretty close. And this is like career-wise. Career yeah, right see, and two. it's 
I wish I knew when they both came in the league. Um, I feel like Verlander's definitely played a little bit longer. Not much though. I'll say I'll say Verlander. You're right. Verlander has played for two more years. He has uh, three thousand and thirteen career strikeouts. Max Scherzer has two thousand eight hundred and seventeen. Yeah. See, that's what I thought too. My initial thought was who's been in the league longer, but I'm surprised that it's only been two years. Max Scherzer feels like he was in it four or five years. Yeah, um, for sure. But okay, NBA question. Okay. Just to throw a basketball one in there at you. This is pretty. This is pretty easy. I'll throw you a softball. Yeah, I hate when you say that because then no, I'm going to get it wrong. <laughs> this one's really easy. Well, the first part's easy. It's a two-parter. Okay. Who is the all-time sports leader, or who is the all-time points leader in the NBA? And give me an approximate estimate of how many points does he have. So it's Wilt Chamberlain. No. <laughs> is it not? It's Kareem. Oh God, I'm stupid. Uh, I'm sure. I think you were thinking Kareem. Yeah. Um, Ballpark, like what you think his career points are. It's got to be like almost 40,000, 38,757. No, you were really close. Though. It was 38,387. Oh, gosh. So just a few hundred off. But yeah. Price is Right style got it wrong. <laughs> I love that show. Of course, I get the points. I get closer to the points. Then you do the actual name. <laughs> Where's Will on that list? Uh, He's probably top 10. He's got to be number like two. Hold on. I got to Google that now. I'm thinking about all time NBA. Because I wasn't thinking Kareem. I was thinking Will. Um, I'm sure Wilt's up there. I'm pretty sure he is. Hold on. Uh, Wilt Chamberlain is number seven. Really? Respectable. Yeah. That uh, dude played against like janitors. <laughs> he's going 100 in a game. He did. Goodness. Final one. And didn't Wilt play for like 20 years? Yeah. Long time. That, that, Kareem was a beast. Though. You got to remember. Kareem, I know that. But, Kareem was a different breed. Yeah, but he, he played with like magic. Yeah. That's my whole thing is like he, had he, better he played with magic and yeah. man, he played with one other guy that was really good on the Lakers that doesn't get as much love. You're Can't, not thinking of the logo, are you? No, 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 no. Okay. I mean, did he play with Jerry West? Possibly. I, I think he was a little bit after him. There was, they had a third player that was kind of like in the shadows. I don't know. Anyway, I... But yeah, I agree. I see I your point. Will, yeah. Yeah. I, I see the, the thought process. Last one before we get a break. This is a fun one. Back to the NFL for the final one. 12 teams have never won a Super Bowl. Okay. Can you name at least six of those? Oh, half yeah. of them. Yeah. All right. Easily. Texans, Jaguars, Panthers, Lions, Hold on. Falcons. All right, all right, fine. I'll start over. Panthers, Panthers Falcons. Panthers is one, yes. Falcons are another, yes. Lions, uh, yes, Lions, yes, Lions. I see. Yep, Texans. Yes, that's four. Jaguars, Jaguars, uh, Chargers. Okay, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm just gonna go. see how many you can get. I'm gonna keep going. Um, uh, Vikings. Yes, that's seven. Bills. That's eight. Um, oh, that one. Oh, that one. Hold on. Oh, it's got to be... No? It's got to be out west. Cardinals. Cardinals is at nine. Oh, man. I'll give you you a hint for one. What team went 0-16 really recently? Oh, gosh. Browns. Browns, you have two more. You're at 10. Bengals. Bengals is another one. You have one more. Crap. This, man, this is going to suck because it's going to be so obvious. Oh my goodness. You're close, dude. 
All right, let me think. NFC South got through that. AFC. Oh, uh, Titans. Yes. Yeah. All twelve of the teams that never made the Super Bowl. That would have killed me if I didn't get the Titans. That was, that was good. That yeah. was a good way to end that. That would have that would have killed me if I didn't get the Titans. Hey, I, you know, I said I said Wilt Chamberlain instead of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, but I got all twelve Super Bowl teams that or twelve teams that haven't won a Super Bowl. That's gonna do it for the trivia segment here on the scoreboard. On the other side of the break, we're gonna come back and break down some A Day. Is that correct? Yes. Hey, do that. On the other side of the break, on the scoreboard, 50th anniversary for WGL 91.1 FM. Don't go anywhere. We're already halfway done with the scoreboard on Weagle 91.1 FM. You can find more Weagle content at WeagleFM.com or on social media at Weagle underscore AU. Welcome back into the scoreboard on Weagle 91.1 FM or WeagleFM.com for Weagle's 50th anniversary birthday, whatever you want to call it. We're kind of the pregame show leading into the 24-hour live stream that we're putting on 6 p.m. to 6 p.m., all kinds of things. We yeah, won't be here for 6 p.m. No, to 6 p.m. No, we will not, no. But Weagle will be here. Yes. Uh, live. Sh- show reboots, live music, all kinds of things. It- it's going to be a great time on Weagle 91.1 FM or streaming at WeagleFM.com. So make sure you tune in wherever you are. Jacob Hillman sitting alongside Bay March for the scoreboard. Second hour. Hey, first time doing a two-hour show. Let's get into it. We're talking to 8A. Later in the show, we're going to have Jared Dillard, former sports director and host of The Extra Point. Earlier in the show, we had Rick Smith. If you missed that, we're going to post it on the podcast. So let's get into it, Bay. 8A, the first look at the Brian Harson era for Auburn football. And, you know, I wouldn't say anything was crazy about it, except, you know, we said it in the break. Tight ends. Yeah, I think that was a day this year was just about as conservative as it could have gotten. Uh, now I will say, but before the game even started, um, Auburn planned for a forty percent attendance capacity. Um, one end zone, the jumbotron end zone, wasn't able to be sat in then, as well as one of the upper decks. But I mean, that was as full as I've seen Jordan Hare Stadium since the Iron Bowl um, of twenty nineteen, and that was a cool. Um, yeah, I think, place it was 20, to be. I think it was 25,000. 20, around 25,000. I've never been to an A day. Um, so that's not even like a normal A day crowd. But I mean, like, I was sitting there, I was like, wow. I was like, and we're probably going to get full stadiums in the falls. Like, yeah, that's going to be fun. But uh, yeah, I mean, A day in general, like Jacob said, was pretty lackluster. I mean, it was kind of what we thought. Oh, and now, one thing I will say is a lot of players didn't play. Mm-hmm. Like a starting left tackle, maybe a few defensive linemen. Mm-hmm. Um, a few veteran defensive linemen. So uh, I think that was one kind of storyline coming out was um, Harson also said, don't make a bigger deal out of it than it needs to be. He was like, they just weren't here. Um, like T.D. Moultrie, Alec Jackson, a few other guys. Um, so I don't think that, yeah, I think like he said, there's no reason to make a big deal out of it. And that's usually the big thing that comes out of an 8A is, all right, is anyone seriously injured? Which there were injuries. And it's like Jeremiah Wright. Yeah, he's injured pretty bad. I think he's a torn ACL. Xavier Capers, he's still hurt. I mean, yeah, and, and he's just banged up. So yeah, it's one of those things where Shedrick Jackson. I mean, there's a lot of guys. Get healthy before summer. Get through those workouts and then get after it in the fall. Because here's the thing: these guys didn't have a summer last year. They didn't have a spring last year. They barely had a fall, and then they jumped right into the season. And we saw how things went. And I think you can say that about every team because no team had a full off season or anything. But it is what it is. And, and I really think that, like you said, it was lackluster. It, it was one of those things where you see the new, the, the new culture changing. You see the new philosophies being implemented. And 
they're not close to being there yet. And I think Brian Harson has said it in press conferences, like, hey, we're I mean, we're not there yet. It's just yeah. that's just a matter of fact. So that's the whole thing about being ready for summer and fall because that's when it really matters. Spring does not matter. We've seen no. that time. Well, time no. Again. Well, I will say, in a, in a sense, it does. The eight day game specific. Okay, eight day game. No, yeah, you're yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah. Um, now spring and spring as a whole, getting those practices in and whatnot and reps and getting a especially in a new head coach. Yeah, that that matters. Because here's the thing: we only get a slither of of a of a look at what the coaches have been seeing for weeks. So that's why, as fans, you see some things, you notice some things, but don't don't, don't take too much. Don't read too much into it. Yeah, yeah. I mean. Um, now, it was interesting to see new offensive and, dis- and defensive schemes. I mean, the first-team defense looked really good, and they were without, like I said, a few veteran guys up front, like Jaron Handy and T.D. Moultrie and other guys, and Jeremiah Wright, who was a, a breakout star in the spring so far. Um, but that first-team defense, man, I mean, they looked good under that new scheme. They did, and and at this point in practices and off-seasons, the defense should be ahead of the offense, but... My goodness, I thought they looked great. They were ahead and shoulders. Hard, hard hitting, and it, it didn't seem like there were any kind of scheme. Now, you know, they weren't they weren't messing up. It's not the same defense as Kevin Seals, but I will say they look eerily similar. And I think that's part of that. It might be Mason trying to trying to really shape it with the players because it's all centered around the linebackers. And Owen Papo and Jacoby McLean are hard hitters downhill, just like KJ Britt, and. They, they're. I think they're a little more athletic. I won't say they. I think they are a little more athletic than KJ. So you can do a little bit more with them, and that's what we're gonna see in 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 the in the football season. Something that was talked about a lot is turnovers, and I don't think we saw we saw one fumble by Tank Bigs. What so like is the last person you would think? Yeah, and, but he got, he got popped, and I think it's just a helmet on ball. It happens. Yeah, but something that was talked about a lot throughout the spring was turnovers, and. I think we're going to see that. that Those guys are going to be flying to the ball, whether it's being carried or thrown, and they're going to be trying to make plays. Well, and also, this was a in the back half of the spring practices, you heard Brian Harson with the familiar comment of, we're making too many of the same mistakes. It's time to start making new mistakes, meaning we're not, not we're not getting any better, but we're still letting the same things happen to us. Um, So I agree. I think they're in a good spot overall. For sure. It's just, and I mean, looking at the stat, not even just looking at stats, but watching the game, I mean, like Jacob said, using tight ends over the middle of the field, I mean, Elijah Canyon, with having Xavier Capers out, he proved he can be a good receiver. Brains exploded. Yeah. When seeing Auburn under center. Tyler Fromm caught that. Yeah, that too. What's more surprising, using the tight ends for Auburn or seeing Auburn under center? I'd say Auburn under center. Me too. Because we would use Chandler Cox. I think it's funny that they, that, you know, going back to... Gus and his scheme was fourth and inches. Now we're still going shotgun, and it works with a Cam Newton style quarterback, Joey Gatewood, when he was still at Auburn. It worked because you had that power. But you know why not just get under center and sneak it? Yeah, I that's what you should do. Yeah, and I mean, and Auburn was running it even on like second and long, first and long. I mean, it's going to be an interesting concept from 
Bobo. And I mean, they even talked about Bo said like he he's more comfortable in the offense. He's making decisions more easier. And some of the wide receivers mentioned was they're passing the ball at all different levels, catching the ball at all different levels. And we get just we got a little bit of a sliver um, of that in the eight day game. I mean, looking at the stats, Canyon had six catches for fifty one and a tutty. Then you have Tank who had a few catches. Kobe Hudson had a couple. Uh, Javarius Johnson, who's been the breakout star of spring, he had two catches for fifteen yards. And then, like Jacob said, Tyler Fromm caught one over the middle towards the beginning of eight day. So. Um, and and the tight ends didn't catch a lot of passes, but, but they, they were running targeted. a lot, yeah. And and here's the thing: when Auburn did go four wide, there was always a tight end out there. There was there was always a tight end split out at a wide receiver position, ready to go run a route. And I really think that that's that's also part of the running scheme. Hey, thinking of or speaking of wide receivers that might get a lot more PT this year. How about the catch from Mal- Malcolm yep, Johnson? But more so that. about the throw. Demetrius Davis threw a heck of a like dot to him. It, it's too early to get into. Oh, he's the future because we do that with every Auburn quarterback that comes through. Thick Marshall. <laughs> I love that nickname so much. But no, I mean, I, I really think that he is Davis specifically looks great because he doesn't he doesn't really look like a freshman. You know, other than you know freshman mistakes, but physically, he looks great. And as you said, Johnson, you know the wide receiver depth isn't as deep as it has been in past years, and that's okay because Auburn will be using the tight end a lot more. But Johnson's going to find himself getting playing time if he continues that. Yeah, I think a big thing too is also just you lose Seth Williams, you lose Anthony Schwartz, you lose Elijah Stove. Um, you're losing a lot of guys who've been in the program the past three, four, five years of your Eli. Um, so you you have to find new hands, and I think I think once Xavier and Capers gets back, him and Elijah Cam- Canyon will combine to be the next. Um, not the exact same, but Darius Slayton and uh, Seth Williams type receivers, big, tall, can make the good catches. Um, and then you have guys like Javarius Johnson who can fit in the role uh, in the slot, who he even said, I believe, was like more capable playing the slot anyways. Um, I think the offense has a lot of room to work and a lot of capabilities and a lot of talent to showcase. But like Jacob said, spring hasn't showed us a whole lot. Defense was way ahead of them. Yeah. So and, and as I said, that's that's a very normal thing. That that should be how it is. Hey, if the offense was ahead, I'd be very concerned about the defense. Right. Because it, it's just one of those things where the defense figures out the offense pretty quickly. The, it's not the same looking at the defense. Yeah, you can see the different coverages and stuff, but it's much easier to adjust as a defense to, you know, what the offense is doing. Yeah. So no, I, I I'm very happy with how it started. I don't think uh, how the Brian Harson era started. I don't think you should take too much away from it. I'm excited to see what, you know, we haven't talked to the offensive line or anything. I thought, okay. Run block was fine. Yeah. Um, overall can still improve. And that's also because Alec Jackson wasn't playing, who started mm-hmm. a left tackle. Um, you had different guys shuffling around the line. Well, yeah, and we had to see Bo Nix use a cameraman to avoid a sack. That was awesome. That was great. I didn't I didn't watch the game live and I saw someone tweet about it. I think it was Justin Ferguson. And when I went back and watched it, I was like, okay, this is funnier than what yeah. I how I imagined it. Cause that cameraman, he started to move and then he's like, mm, I should just stay here. Yeah. So. He's like, I'm he just froze in the moment. Like, what 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 are you gonna do? 
You're not going to outrun a D1 quarterback. Well, speaking of other 8As, Nick Saban forcing that fumble pretty much on Christian's story. Yes. It looked like, oh my gosh. Uh, you know, you know what? You know who my, my favorite Nick Saban is? 8A Nick Saban. When he wears like some different colored suit. Like the salmon suit, and he's just his relationship around. with Kool Aid's getting off to a great start. It, it, yeah, <laughs> and he uh, the the when he was heckling the the receiver that threw that Bolden, pass. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah, Bolden ended up saying something like, "I was throwing it away." Did you see his uh, Did you see his press conference? What he said about the no. <laughs> he said he said the players know that running into me is like running into a goalpost. Yeah, that yeah, that's <laughs> the most saving thing ever. <laughs> I would love to see Saban lay out. He probably hey. out with Devontae Smith. <laughs> yeah, because Devontae Smith weighs 180 pounds. pounds. Yeah. <laughs> God, he weighs less than me, dude. I'm not going to say on air what I weigh, but I mean. Wow. No one's going to fat shame you, eh? Hey. <laughs> People could probably skinny shame me. <laughs> we are not here for the skinny shaming. We are here for the 50th legal anniversary. On the other side of this break on the scoreboard, Auburn baseball. We're in between. Auburn walked off last night. Got to win against Sanford on Tuesday night. And a series against number 15, Florida. We're previewing it on the other side of this break on the scoreboard. Thank you for tuning in to the scoreboard with Bay Marks and Jacob Hillman. You can find the scoreboard podcast on Apple, Spotify, and anywhere you find your podcasts. Welcome back to the scoreboard, Weagle 91.1 FM. Or if you're streaming to the scoreboard live on WeagleFM.com, we welcome you back to the Weagle 50th birthday anniversary show. Is it birthday or anniversary? Let's officially anniversary. The 50th anniversary of the WEGO radio station. That is this 24-hour stream. Getting it kicked off with the scoreboard. Great Weagle content um, for 24 hours after us. It'll all be live. Uh, so check out those different shows here on Weagle. It's going to be a great time. But as for now, this is the nationally nominated scoreboard. We're going to go ahead and get into some Auburn baseball talk. Auburn baseball winning their two midweek games against in-state foes. Sanford on Tuesday night at Plainsman Park. They win a close one, 6-4. to four. And then they win last night on a walk-off in the 10th inning, 8-7, to seven, courtesy of Mr. Tyler Miller. And they look forward to this weekend here on Plainsman Park, facing the number 10 Florida Gators, facing off tomorrow night at 6 p.m., Saturday at 11 a.m., very early first pitch on that day. And I will say that game probably won't happen because weather in the forecast – yeah, and Richard's supposed to pitch that day. Yeah, I was going to say. And then Sunday at 1 o'clock. Maybe it'll be a doubleheader on Sunday. Well, I hate that because it's a se- I hate 17 doubleheaders. Yeah, suck. they're dumb. Well, but regardless, Auburn welcomes in the 40 Gators. Looking back at the last two games, the Sanford and Jacksonville State games, the biggest takeaway was absolutely unloading the pitching staff, including a non-pitcher. But Nate LaRue. Yeah, I mean. Who, I think he pitched a little in high school. He did. And you don't throw 92 without not no. having pitched before. Yeah, he came in and hit 92, struck out the first batter, gave up a hitter a walk, and got a double play. Yeah. Next inning, he gave him an absolute tank. But hey, it's all right. You're not, you, he, he doubt he's been doing that very much. Yeah. But looking at how many pitchers Auburn threw in game, in the first game against Sanford, six pitchers. And then against Jacksonville State, it was the same story plus one, it was seven. Now, that's pretty much the whole pitching staff minus like Jacko and Richard Fitz because they're starting on Friday and Saturday because Cody Greenhill's moved back to the pen. Hey, I love seeing him back there. I do too. And it's not one of those – see, and it's not about Cody. No. It's about the rest of the bullpen. Yeah. you got to find someone in that bullpen that's going to bring some energy, that's going to bring confidence that you know is going to be good. And, well, we know from past experience – Cody's a great reliever and a great closer. And we know this year he's been pitching really well. I mean, he, he's he been Auburn's best pitcher. And 
I mean, I'm trying to think. I guess the Mississippi State start was not that great. Was it? Uh, it was okay. It's hard. Mm. I'm not going to judge him. No, I was going to say, it's Mississippi State. The way he's pitched this season, yeah. And it, the way Mississippi State either played out of their minds or we played through the floor uh, that series. But, yeah, I like seeing him back in the bullpen just because, A, he's been there his whole career at Auburn. Not to say he's not comfortable in a starting position because he's proved us wrong in that department. Um, but going into the season, everybody thought anyways that it'd be a one-two punch of Jack and Richard. Mm-hmm. Well, Jack gets hurt. Throws a wrench in the plans. Then you think, oh, they'll just move Richard up to Friday night. Cody goes into Friday night, and Richard starts the season out as a Saturday starter, which nothing wrong with that. I mean, it's Butch Thompson's call. Um, it just, like I said, throws another wrench in the plan. It, it feels like that Jack Owen injury, it was a ripple effect. It really was. And Richard got hurt. Um, Skipper ended up getting hurt. Ryan Bliss got hurt. Several guys took on injuries early in the season. Hayden Mullins. He's Hayden not Mullins, playing. yeah, he's still not playing. Um, so... I think a big thing is seeing if Cody back in the bullpen and seeing if Jack Owen and Richard Fitz in those one-two roles, seeing how that affects the pitching and the team from here on out. Yeah, and and Sunday it'll probably be Joseph Gonzalez starting, and I and you know that's not official yet, but I kind of don't like it. I mean, I don't. He pitches so well. He pitches so well in a, a reliever role. Well, and that's opinion. what he did last night: three and a third with only three hits and three strikeouts. That that's pretty good. Yeah. And I kind of think using him as an opener might be okay. We'll see. And I think this is a good weekend to do it. Maybe for an inning or two. Being at home against not Mississippi State, I think this is a better spot for him to do that. I also, well, he also, he started against Kentucky. Yes, he did. He didn't do great that game either. Um, I'll take that back. He did not start against Kentucky. Who did in game three? (laughs) He did. Trace Bright? No, it was him. Really? Because I thought that, Hmm. you're right. Okay. Um, Point being is just if we if Gonzo pitches Sunday game three, you got to put a max on him of two or three innings. Um, like I said, point being, I think he pitches a lot better out of that reliever role. Anyways, I don't know. I think he has a lot of youth working against him as well. Yeah, I mean, well, here's the thing. I mean, he came into this team from Puerto Rico and had to deal with the COVID offseason and everything. This is this is the excuse we keep using, but. None of these pitchers were really able to develop last year. And then they weren't able to develop as much in the offseason. And that's kind of where we're at. We're with a bunch of talented pitchers that didn't get the experience they needed. Well, and the only thing I I hate to say this about that is everybody else went through that. You're exactly right. So, I don't know, man. It's it's something you can't hang your hat on. No, you absolutely can. I I completely If everybody else goes through it, I mean... I just look for looking forward to this weekend in particular. After seeing what happened in Tuscaloosa, which Auburn lost two one-run games once again um, to their rival, mind you. So both of them were walk-offs. Yes. Um, I know Auburn's won two in a row in the midweek against two great in-state programs. I don't see Auburn doing anything too magnificent this weekend, if I'm going to be honest. Do you think they get a win? No. Really? Yeah. I think they get one because Florida's bullpen is just like Auburn's, where it it's I mean it might be worse than Auburn's. I'll give them one. That was probably a little rude of me. I'll yeah, give them one. Because um, here's the thing. This is not Mississippi State, Arkansas, or Ole Miss. Yeah. Florida's a good team, but I'm just saying I, I think they're going to get one. At least, I think they can win the series. I'll say they, of the momentum. I just don't know, man. I mean, like, because look what they did against Alabama. Well, I know, yeah. I know, I know. 
game game three was the same story. That was the same story as it's been all season. The only thing that was worse than game three was the camera angle that the SEC Network <laughs> had for game three. That was a terrible camera yeah. angle. Well, I think that game one was more of Alabama going out and getting it. Yeah. I don't think Auburn gave that up like they gave up game three. Game three. I will, yeah, I can agree on that. So that's what I'm saying is I see the growth. It's so it's so slow, but they're growing a little bit. And we can see that with the two wins against Jacksonville State and Sanford. Sanford, they got ahead. They stayed ahead, and they didn't blow a lead. Jacksonville State, they come back. They did blow a lead against Jacksonville State, but it wasn't anything dramatic. They It was solo home runs. And as I always say, solo home runs don't beat you. So... Auburn's giving up a lot of those. You're, yeah, I know. <laughs> you're in this spot where you're not even worried about the NCAA tournament right now. You're worried about Hoover. D- yeah. And what did you say the record was? The Auburn would have to finish with the other day. Uh, oh, well, that was talking about. You know, that's talking about if a miracle happens and they do make the NCAA tournament. They okay. they need to go 11 and four on the way out because you get to 13 <sighs> SEC wins. So that means they would have to sweep one and win the rest of the series. So. Yeah, I'm not like I said, Hoover is the goal. And, and that's even a little out of reach. I wouldn't say it's out of reach because you play all the teams that you that are right in front of you. This is yeah. So that that's kind of where I'm at with that. I'm not I'm not, you know, blowing that out. I'm just saying You're not jumping ship yet. Right, because I think they can. I mean, Auburn's two and thirteen and right in front of them are Texas A and M, LSU and Missouri at four and eleven. And hey, guess, mind you, Auburn's already played one time this season. Yeah, and Auburn's last three series are LSU, Texas A&M, Missouri. Yeah. You just got to go win those series, and you're in. It's that simple. I think the scariest series left on the schedule for me besides Florida— I know you're going to say Georgia. —is Georgia. I just don't— How can you say it's not when they beat the number one team? I, I don't know what to think of them. I'm not saying they're a consistently good team, but they have to be somewhat decent to beat—to sweep—or not sweep. Oh, sweep yeah. Them? Or they no, the they won. They won okay. two out of three. Yeah, because I remember the game too. I think <laughs> Kumar came or, or it was Lider, Kumar because Kumar got lit yeah. up. Yeah. Lighter came out and dominated. And I was like, okay, that that that's better. That that makes more sense. Yeah, but I I just don't know. I just I mean they're coming off they're coming off a series win against Kentucky, and Kentucky is meh. They're good, but like, eh. And then they're playing Missouri. Kentucky's pretty good, dude. Offensively. They are, they are great offensive. They're a great offensive team. But I also think that <sighs> Georgia is a team I'm not going to try to – I don't want – I'm glad we don't have a show next week so I don't have to predict predict that uh, series. Yes. Because I don't hey, know how that's going to go. It is a Thursday through Saturday once again. Yeah, it is. I and just, then we have another one right after that. And yeah, another one after that really? with Missouri. We have three Thursday through Saturday series Interesting. left. Interesting. Well, at least it's consistent. Well, we've already had two this year. That's crazy. I hate that. Well, TV purposes. Point being, I I mean, just looking at it, I think Auburn gets to Hoover. I'm not quite on that train yet. I think Auburn gets to Hoover. I think they're turning it around. I don't think they're about to make some drastic turnaround and get to, like, 11 SEC wins. I think I'll get to 9 or 10, and I think that'll just be enough. Because, you know, I don't know. It's just the weird thing about A&M, Missouri, and LSU, just I don't like them. I don't like what they've shown. Like, Missouri and the A&M series was just a battle of who doesn't screw up. Right. That's kind of what I saw, so. I'm not I'm not going to – I won't go out on a limb to say that quite yet. Um, I can see why you say it, but I'm not there yet. Yeah. I don't know what it's going to take. I mean, well, you know, what it, you know what it takes? 
is Cody Greenhill in the bullpen and, a, and the th- game three starter. Yeah. Figuring it out. Whoever I, that may be. I'm going to be honest. I want to be Mason Barnett. See, he did so well in that he role. He pitched one inning last night, but he looked fine. Well, I think that's one of those things where I, I seriously think those two games, they were throwing everyone, no matter yeah. what, because they said, y'all need to show us something good. And I would say a majority of the pitchers did. Who uh, or not you in particular? Like, what, like who else would be a viable option? Though I mean, Trace Bryce he hasn't really earned that back. Mm-mm. Gonzalez hasn't done well in his starts on in the third game of the series. So that leaves you with who? Nate Larue. <laughs> not really. The new converted catcher to pitcher. Oh, somebody tweeted last night. They're like, was it Caleb Jones? Maybe I don't know who it was, but somebody uh they tweeted Auburn currently has a catcher that's in right field, a catcher that's pitching, and a catcher that is catching. <laughs> they said this is baseball. Th- th- this is baseball. <laughs> no, I mean. Hey, the only other person I would consider is Carson Skipper, but you can't take him out of that bullpen role. But what Auburn did with him against Bama was... Hey, and one thing I'll say, Peyton Glavin, look out. He's going on a tear. Lately. I don't think it'll last. We'll see. But I'm, I'm glad he's pitching well. <laughs> on the other side of the break, who are we bringing in, Jacob? Oh, my. <laughs> we, oh, my. He's a character. It's Jared Dillard, former sports director of Weagle 91.1 FM. He's going to join us on the 50th anniversary show of The Scoreboard. Don't go anywhere. Thank you for tuning in to The Scoreboard with Bay Marks and Jacob Hillman. You can find The Scoreboard podcast on Apple, Spotify, and anywhere you find your podcasts. Welcome back to The Scoreboard, WGL. 91.1 FM, or if you're streaming live to the 50th anniversary special of The Scoreboard on WeagleFM.com, we welcome you back to the show on Weagle 91.1. 30 minutes left in the show, we're welcoming in Weagle legend, Jared Dillard. <laughs> It does not feel nice saying that name once again, but he is back on the show with Bay Marks and Jacob Hill and Jared. I would say it's nice to see you, but how are you? <laughs> yeah. I haven't seen, just for the record, I haven't seen Jared since COVID started, so it's like seeing a ghost in here. Uh, but it is good to see you, Jared, and we are glad to have you on the the special 50th anniversary Wait, show today. Well, someone that's going to induct himself into the Weagle Hall of Fame when that finally gets put up. And I will. It will happen. <laughs> I will storm the, the beaches of Normandy <laughs> to get into the Wiggle Hall of Fame. I told Jared in the break before he walked in here, it was funny because the only shows that me and Jared have ever been on um, just so happened to be his show, The Extra Point, that's been nationally nominated as well that we mentioned at the beginning of today's show. And he's normally in the seat that I'm in. But oh, how the tables have turned. <laughs> and he's now in the passenger seat and I'm in the driver's seat. Oh, it's a scary highway, Jared. It's a scary highway, but uh, I don't want to get pulled over. We won't. I'm a safe driver. <laughs> are, not. Are you? I, 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 I've never gotten pulled over, knock on wood. Yeah, he's, he, I mean. Yeah, I don't trust him. I don't trust Jacob. Y'all are just too scared. The pedal to the metal. He just. Not even. Close. We'll ask Teresa Hillman. Oh. We'll get her to call in and see what she She's says. listening. And I'm not, and I promise, Mama. I, I, I said it on the extra point I yesterday. I promise, Mama. This is live. I have not gotten a speeding ticket that I have not told you about. Well, Jared, on the way here today, um, as I do every week, I was sending out my pre-show tweet uh, to let everybody know what was on the docket for today's show. I know. I saw it while sitting in my classroom. I added you, yes. Did you tell your students you were going on uh, the scoreboard well, today? Well, uh, during that time of my planning block where I sit in my classroom by myself eating chocolate and crying, 
So no, they didn't know. They know about the extra point. Yeah. And funny enough, one of my students asked, he gets two shows mixed up that I was on in college. He said either the extra point was a scoreboard. I don't know how he knows about the scoreboard. What? That's awesome. Yeah. That is awesome. He's like, oh, are you going on a scoreboard today? And I was like, uh, okay, first of all, the scoreboard is the worst thing I've ever heard in my life. Hey. But also, the sec- second thing, no, it's the extra point. They didn't know that I actually going on a scoreboard today, so... Um, on the way here, though, I was making that tweet, and I, I was wanting to put a picture. I was trying to put a, a Weagle picture, a picture of Rick, and then I was telling Jacob, I thought about putting a picture of Jared, and then I was thinking, hmm, what picture of Jared should I put? And I thought about putting a picture of you changing jerseys in the All-Star game. Yeah, I did, and i do it again. <laughs> but uh, thinking about that kind of kind of led me to where our discussion with you is going to go today. So thinking about the All-Star game, it kind of got us thinking about uh, all the stuff that we just ourselves got to do with you in the two years that you were here at Weagle with us. So um, I guess the first question I'll ask you is, uh, what what does Weagle mean to you in your time being here with with all the experience you've had and what you're doing now? Let's uh, lead off with the sentimental stuff. Yeah, we'll, we'll start with the we'll start with the sappy stuff, say, and we'll get into the archives. I of didn't the funny sign stuff. up for this feels trip. I yes, didn't you think, did. I didn't think we we're going on this. You signed the waiver. What does Weagle mean to me? Weagle was uh, hmm. Weagle was the second opportunity for somebody who failed a lot. I mean, I, I mentioned this on the Extra Point special that, uh, by the way, you can catch tomorrow at 4 p.m. and then the full two and a half hour. Uh, Go for it. You don't have to whisper it. Uh, slight plug, slight plug. Uh, but uh, before y'all got here, uh, I was just a cascade of failures. I'm like what Josh Gordon is right now. <laughs> right? And it was just failure after failure with me. And when I became sports director, I was almost, you know, when I became sports director or appointed sports director after the coup, uh, I was I assumed I was going to fail. Right. Because that's what I did for the last four years. I failed at everything that I did. So when I completely lambasted you uh, six in that first meeting. Yes. Right. Uh, I was like, yeah, I'm going to yell at him. I'm going to try to get him straight. But uh, I'm going to fail at this eventually. And then. Lo and behold, I mean, Weagle was very graceful and and gave me a second opportunity to do what I could do, and uh, I finally showed out. And I it was the Weagle experience for the next two years, along with Weagle Productions and teaching, uh, that got me to where I am at now at Auburn High School. Where lo and behold, it, it's probably a scary thought to think that the guy <laughs> speaking right now teaches high school students. Well, you do get mistaken as a high school student. Yes, it's up to twenty seven. Happening again today. Oh no! Uh, so it's at twenty seven now. I was in a I was in a, like a ten minute discussion with some JRTC students, and uh, <laughs> uh, 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 one of my students asked for a piece of equipment. They said, "Mr. Diller, can I have uh, your this piece of equipment?" And one of the JRTC students turned and said, "Oh, are you Mr. Diller? I thought you were a student." <laughs> to where I completely died on the floor, uh, flat on the ground. So I, I'm apparently sixteen, seventeen years old. So I may come back for another stint here at Weagle. Hey, we, we'd love to have you. No, you I don't. mean, well, Jacob mentioned it earlier um, about when we were talking about our Weagle stories and how, first of all, we encountered you at Camp or Eagle somehow. I don't uh, remember they, that. I don't know how they let you in. I don't remember that. But then Jacob did mention the fact from where he, we had been from the first meeting to where the Weagle Sports Department is now. He kind of described you as a supernova kind of coming out of the ashes with the Weagle Sports Department. He was attributing uh, everything that we've had up until now because of, of you and what you did. Which uh, honestly shocks me because I assumed it would crash and burn pretty fast. Well, hey, if it wasn't for you, we wouldn't have all the capabilities we have now with cameras, what we do with the sports aspect of everything, writing. I mean, yeah, we we talked about how we gained those things last night on the extra point. Oh, yeah, I stole them. Yeah, yeah, I stole everything. (laughs) I stole everything that I did here. 
We're borrowing. Everything's fraud- fraudulent. See, and, and you know how I was talking about how, you know, the past year it's been tough to, like, kind of advance the sports department just because of the crap we've been dealing with? I think that's the issue. I need to start stealing stuff. Yes. If I start stealing I stuff, approve. then— <laughs> You should create—you should add on to your criminal record of parking tickets and driving tickets. Well, Alex incriminated himself last night. He said, oh, yeah, oh, I had yeah. a car. Let's know. And we're like, What? That's that's also left it in the show for you know the extra point, so you will be able to hear. The, the whole thing, the whole point is, <laughs> Jared found a way. Yeah, and, and and that was the whole thing. He he went in with no confidence, but he still found a way. He went with no confidence, but he had the determination to really figure it out. I mean, you gotta have determination. Like, babe, I would strangle you right now in that chair if, if I knew it would get me to my goal. <laughs> you gotta have that kind of determination. I mean, that's serious. Yeah, it's true. I mean, well, and also the thing was was we used to joke about. It. I know. I mean, me, Jacob, the other guys on the extra point was we would call Jared a machine because the amount of things that Jared was involved in, I mean, he ran a sports department, he worked for Eagle Productions, he was a teacher, he was a grad student, and then in the meantime, you got to take care of yourself. Jared did all that stuff, and we would call him a machine out of, like, joking this because Jared just never seemed to stop, but truly, you really never stopped when Had you were candles. here. You did have, hey, Those candles did you see my you. first candle that I got? I did see it. It ran out. Yeah, anyway. Well, you gotta get another one. It was the best smelling candle, dude. You, got, awesome. you, you gotta get to the point where you buy candles multiple times, but before they run out, you get a new one, but then you don't like the other ones. So you end up like 30 of them. Like, that's what I did. Yeah. So I use, I, use, I, just, I just have candles instead of cats. Candles are great. Candles are great. Make your house smell good, mm-hmm. give you comfort. Mm-hmm. Uh, They're good for when you cry in the dark. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, but we'll we'll move on from the candle segment of today's part of the scoreboard. I would say, what's your what what candle did you get? Would you recommend it? Yeah. Yeah. You would say me? yes? Yeah. What, what kind of candle was it? It was, you know, <laughs> mahogany teakwood okay. or something teakwood. You look like no, a, you indigo. Look like mahogany. Indigo teakwood. You look like a mahogany. Uh, I got it from REI when I was in Gatlinburg over Christmas break. Uh, or actually, my girlfriend got it for me. So shout out, Jordan. But uh, uh, it was a great smelling candle. But we'll move on. We'll go ahead and uh, we'll, we'll keep it rolling with Jared. So one no, thing. I, I think we should pause here. <laughs> well, we'll take a timeout. What is it? Deep, deep cut. Hello? <laughs> Who is it? <laughs> It's uh, hey. it's the Noah Gardner who got Jared Diller. Yeah, I'm on the sports. radio right now. I'm talking into it. <laughs> <laughs> it's Noah Gardner who was the station manager that got Bay and I to join. And oh, I could hear him laughing. Jared <laughs> to be the sports director. Well, he turned the whole uh, ship around. I love you. Mm, all right, make sure to make sure to make dinner for me. Okay, I love you. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what just happened. I, I didn't plan that. I, I, I love it. Since they're nonchalantly, um, <laughs> shout out to Noah. I don't know if Noah's listening, but anyways, back to what I was saying. Um, we talk about everything that Jared did for the sports department, but with that comes great memories, like we were mentioning, and, th- and very valuable uh, friendships. Uh, and I guess that kind of leads to my question of what is your favorite memory or your favorite thing that you. Uh, have taken away from being here at Weagle. Mm, favorite memory? And don't say it's the All Star Games. You switched teams on me. Uh, I was at home. Well, well, first of all, uh, okay, yeah. I had coronavirus, and Jared just comes out like talking negatively about Jared. Like, wow, you switched teams. Come Excuse on. Excuse me? You All didn't right. even show up. You get diagnosed with coronavirus right when the you pandemic didn't get started. Di- allegedly. Self-diagnosis. Allegedly. Allegedly. Uh, I went out there and I balled for my team. Okay? <laughs> I didn't see you out there Look, dropping I dimes. I didn't get a chance to slot the floor in front of you, Bay. That's hey, what I wanted to do. All I got to say is if I was playing, even if Carter Bird wasn't there with his alleged messed up back, we would have wiped the floor with the white team, dude. Orange team was on lock. I mean, Team Devin. 
Team Devin, whatever. <laughs> I mean, those jerseys were atrocious. I'm sorry, but we could have gotten uh, some of them way better. The Auburn rec graciously handed us those, those jerseys. <laughs> they also graciously let us do that somehow. Yes, they did. I mean, it was fun. Well, like, how that, that's another thing. Jared managing to find a way to get this whole crew to go out there, you know, it's like, all right, you first ask them. I, can we call the games? Like, oh yeah, that's awesome. Let's get some promotions and stuff. Yeah. All right. Also, we have to. You have to let us play before that happens, and then they do it. Yeah. I mean, I have pretty big pool. I don't know if you guys noticed. <laughs> to say the least. What rabbit hole are we starting to go down? What, what is your favorite memory from week? My favorite pool? memory. This uh, this is like the extra point on steroids. Can Can I just say the extra point in general, or like do I gotta pick a favorite I mean, memory from that? I, I was gonna say I think that's your favorite thing. You choose. I mean, I was. I mean, I would say the extra point of just. I mean, the random craziness that could happen. I mean, uh, me standing on the desk when Britt's in the other room and he doesn't notice, like just walking around the desk. Britt, if you hear this, I didn't actually do that. But if you didn't hear that, I did totally do that. Right, just um, like he didn't totally slap Alex that one time on the show. Oh, slap! I assaulted. <laughs> that was a live assault on camera, and I never right. got caught. No, never. Yeah, I can say it. And, and well, let me calm down. They will come arrest me. Um. <laughs> Uh, it's just the random wackiness that happened just coming in, whether it was 11 o'clock in the morning, the dreaded 7 a.m. because we did those two. We yeah. were delirious. The midweek baseball games, uh, the highs, the lows, the, the specials like war games. And I mean, well, OK, what was your favorite special? I guess the fun of your question is what's the least favorite? Which one did you the hate? The least favorite? The one I hated? Yeah. The draft special. Yeah. If I'm being, if I, if I'm being quite honest, I hated the draft special. Yeah. That was pretty it wasn't, tiring. It, it was intriguing, but it, it got it was a little bit It was much. repetitive. It was repetitive. Yeah. If I had to say my favorite special, I mean, War Games is good, but I got to say the one yesterday, <clears throat> I'm sorry, the one tomorrow, wait, how do I do this? Tomorrow at 4 p.m. The Weagle Anniversary special is the one that's going to be, that's the one where like secrets came out, revelations, you the, know, uh, always, reminiscing. The only sports we talked was celebrating Auburn actually winning a close game in baseball. Live Against Jacksonville State. Yeah. On a Wednesday. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, hey, that is the epitome of the extra point. It was midweek baseball games. Yeah. I just, I mean, when I look back at the extra point, my memories start out living in the quad, waking up at <laughs> 6, 6 a.m. to make a 6.45, 7 o'clock airtime. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And then it moves on to sophomore year, being able to walk in here and between classes get a study break just to sit down with guys like you and guys like Jacob and Jack and the guys and Carter uh, and Noah. Noah's listening. Thank you for the text, Noah. Um, and just being able to take a break and just talk sports. With- Noah, I hope you made spaghetti for dinner. This has gone too far. This no, is, I, I don't this think is a hard. romance that should be off air. This is on air. Mm. <laughs> oh my gosh. I don't know where our go show's com- going. Go to commercial. I'm, I'm close to going to commercial. You're staying on for another segment, though. Um, this is going off the rails. Why am I in the driver's seat? Jared, Jared's better at getting rid of these kinds of Former sports director, current Auburn High School teacher, Jared Dillard. Yeah, by the way, I'm a teacher. He is. <laughs> he, he's going to be here for the next segment to pr- help us promote the Weagle 50th. This is the scoreboard on Weagle 91.1 FM. One more segment before we turn off the scoreboard for the day. Thank you for listening to today's episode of The Scoreboard with Bay Marks and Jacob Hillman. You can listen to us live every Thursday at 4 p.m. on WEGL 91.1 FM or at WEGLFM.com. We're back on the 50th anniversary episode for Weagle 91.1 FM. 
It's the scoreboard. Bay Marks and Jacob Hillman still joined by Jared Dillard to close out today's show in the last segment. Mr. Jared Dillard, thank you for joining us once again. We're glad to have you back in the studio. It feels like old times, even though that was like a year ago. <laughs> well, that year. Speaking like I'm 50. I mean, yeah. Oh, I see what you did there because, you know, 50 years. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, well, me and Jacob also were talking about on the way to the show today that when we started the extra point during quarantine on Zoom, like, those Snapchat memories I got from a year ago felt like a fever dream. Oh, gosh. We don't talk about that. I mean, I just don't remember anything from that. I just remember sitting in front of my computer and just, like, going into my, trance. My crappy Wi-Fi and no, in the background screwing up behind the me. The one thing I remember is Bay always having terrible Wi-Fi or facing I remember, out of his background. I remember Jared getting up and leaving the show for minutes on end just to find his candle and light it. Oh, that did happen. Well, didn't you give us a tour of your house? Yes, I did. <laughs> like, you got a tour of my house. Uh, honestly, you know how like you know you know you know like the Powerpuff Girls. I know that. You know, I know of them. Yeah. You know how they're rebooting it and it's a live action. Yeah. What? Yeah. It's like a yeah. It's, it's a, a whole it's deal. It's a live action show. They're rebooting it, right? That was the extra point in quarantine. It was a rebooted Powerpuff Girls. I.e., it's horrible. <laughs> it was a fever dream. <laughs> I See, mean, but what was that you were saying earlier that w- there wasn't anything going on besides Tom Brady? Was that what we were talking about earlier? Yeah, that when, was the biggest news story from sports that we had. We would sit, I think we ranked movies and we talked about Star Wars because we told Jared he'd never watch them and we roasted him for still it. Still hasn't watched Star Wars. I haven't watched them. We it, went through a global shutdown and you still haven't watched Star Wars. <laughs> I watched all I'm the Star sorry. Wars. I was too busy surviving. Uh, <laughs> according to Jack, though, he's seen 20 minutes of Rogue One. I've seen the Rogue One. Yeah. Well, which part of Rogue One? Was I had to write a paper, yeah. and I started watching it, and then I just went to Spark Notes. So was it the first twenty minutes? Yes. Oh, okay. So you missed the best part of the show or the movie. I mean, Star Wars sucks. So mm. oh, that's a bad. Time. I would. Yeah, I'd rather watch Star Wars than Avengers. I'm gonna be honest. I say Star Wars sucks only to get people upset. I've never seen it. I have no opinion of it. Yeah, it's great. It really is. Um, <laughs> Helmet will die for that show. Oh yeah, Helmet had a. Clone Trooper helmet on during one of the first uh, sports meetings that Jared led over on, Zoom. on Zoom. Yeah, listen, I didn't want to do it. I was also I was spiraling out of control at that point. Yeah, that's when I started. I think that's when I started to realize this is not going to be just two weeks. We're here for the long run. Oh, I madness! Was, I was in for the long haul. No, I was, Jared, we know you. I wanted, bought the toilet paper. You wish we, yeah, were yeah. Well, to be fair, I went to Sam's Club and bought one thing of toilet paper, which is a lot. That so is I was lot. fine. <laughs> to be fair, we all thought it was going to be two weeks, like Jacob said, and then we all got bamboozled out of that deal. So I knew in January it was going to be bad. Oh, because come on, because because Wep told us in oh. our staff meetings about hey, there's a virus going on in China. You may want to save up your money, and we all were like, <laughs> and then it happened. Yeah, well, I got, I got that virus. Cancel me from the All Star game. Allegedly, Actually, I, got it, I got it twice. Allegedly, Allegedly. Did you know that I got it over Christmas break. I do remember that. Yeah, Allegedly, Allegedly. I, dude, <laughs> I've never. My, I felt the exact same, and I've. I've never cried from being sick. I nearly cried in February. Well, I cried when I lost the game, so now you know, you know how it feels. Jared, you said last year you'd cry a lot. You just go home and sit down and cry. Yeah. Like I said, you just... We all little... cry. It's okay. No. It's okay. I can't admit to crying. Hey. <laughs> it's 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 about that time. It's about that time. Well... What's happening? What's that? Am I being done to the whole thing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You but... wish. <laughs> What's happening? You're going to do it yourself anyway. Is there a cake? The Jared I, Dillard Hall I don't thing? like chocolate oh, wait, cake. Wait. I want you to know that. Before you do anything, I don't like chocolate cake. What <laughs> kind of cake would you prefer if we were to if we were to get F- you one? Th- hypothetically, theoretically, um, a white cake. Okay, we can get you that, but you have to answer one question for us. Oh no, we're j- he was talking earlier about how far we've personally come in Weagle under your leadership, sir. Uh, do you call it- me sir? 
<laughs> All right. You want me to call you ma'am? Do you call me sir? In the IBS Awards last year, we were nominated for Best Sports Program, but they never announced a winner. And we concluded, just like Alabama, we will claim that championship, that award. Look, If you admit that I, we win that award, you get into the Jared Dillard Hall of Fame. Look, I, oh, I emailed them multiple times because yeah. y'all winning made me look good on my resume. That's true. <laughs> the, so, the Jared Dillard Weagle 91.1 FM. Hall of Fame. How sad would it be if there was one of those and Jared wasn't even in it? <laughs> he never I said, think that's the way we should do it. Yeah, there's yeah, like who's the other people that could be in it? Like Carter Burr, Jack Hart, us and just you know, maybe <laughs> even JP, but you No. I mean, I would be hurt. I, I would be I would be distraught. Um I would spiral out of control. But disappointed uh, is not what I, I would be homeless. Um so I hope you're ready for that. I will come begging on your door, like scratching your door like you know what I'm saying? Uh, I would like grow up my hair. It'd be really bad, actually. Yeah, it's okay. I won't bathe. I don't do that now. I, but. I mean, see, here's the thing. I was thinking, all right, I'll let you in, but then that last part. Yeah, oh. you lost me. You had me, like with the knocking, but the bathing just. <laughs> well, I'm homeless. What'd you expect? <laughs> hey, you just just go to Chihuahua. Just go into the Jump waterfall. In? Yeah. Well. <laughs> I can swim. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> I, we're not going to let Jared into his own Hall of Fame. It's okay. I think that's the right way to end it. Yeah, that is. Well, before we end Really? No Hall of Fame? Really? What a, we're not going to see you talk about Jared bathing at Chihuahua State Park. <laughs> Look, I, I'm just looking at the, the time. There's three minutes. I'm, I'm waiting for the parade hey, to come in. I'm the captain now. You're the... Please, you never showed up to anything. Hey, technically, to be fair, y'all never said 8 p.m. I thought it was 8 a.m. This you, morning, then, I was then, ready to set my alarm. And then when you alarm. found out it was p.m., you still didn't show up. I had a day. I, I made plans. <laughs> yeah, oh my god, you not know Ooh. that? Ooh. Yes, I knew. What that. Kind, I was gonna say, what kind of surprise? I is just that? told you my girlfriend got me that candle. What the heck? Ooh. He wasn't even listening to my testimony of my first candle. I didn't care. <laughs> We're being honest. Man, that My hurts. point being is that, babe, there was one time where something traumatic happened over on Twitter, right, where Jacob killed a man. Yeah. And you showed up literally 12 hours later <laughs> into a group message that probably had over 100 messages at that time. It did. Uh, and I read every single one of them. And you were like, what's going on? Uh-huh. It's like, follow the trail, babe. 100 yeah. might have been conservative. That was probably like 250. Hey, I, w- I forgot what I was doing that day, but I kid you not, I was sitting in my room and my jaw was just on the floor. I was like, Tillman's a savage. Jared's a savage. I'm like, like scrolling through. That was a great moment, dude. That oh, was awesome. Back to back days talking about that. That's great. It is. I love it. Still banned on Twitter, by the way. Well, blocked. I'm that's how we'll end this semester of the scoreboard, I think. Really? No Hall of Fame? I'm being dead serious. We, no, we, we're not kidding. We're in the this semester of the scoreboard no, yeah, here. Yeah. Hey, we'll be Thursdays again next semester, Jared, but at 5. So at the five. 4 o'clock slot breaks because of that guy. Look, why are we just going to have a blame game? It is my fault. It is Absolutely. Fault. It's not, well, okay, if we want to really go down the, it's Auburn's scheduling fault. Yes. Because Don't ever schedule classes after 3.30. At 3.30? Come on. Yeah. But we do thank you, Jared, for being here and all you did for us and for the Weevil Sports Department. You you brought it back from the dead. <laughs> I honestly can't believe this. We'll talk to Noah about getting you a Hall of Fame. He's a lot more Why Noah? Breland's right there. <laughs> Noah brought you here. I'm going to go talk Technically, to Technically, Grayson's the guy we need to talk to now. Oh. Grayson, well, in nine days. Yes. Hey, he sends out the recap email, so he's technically the man in charge now. Who, who, who should I who should I call right now? I Grayson. mean, I mean, you could call Brett. He'll probably hang up on you immediately. I'll talk to Brett. I'm calling Grayson right now. 
Well, this show's gone uh, off the rails. It has. Thank you, Jared, for joining us. Thank you, Rick Smith, for joining us earlier. Can't if you want to catch a replay of today's show, you can catch it on all of our podcasting platforms Spotify and Apple Music. Happy 50th birthday, Weagle. In five minutes, the 24-hour stream begins. My plan, by the way. Breland and Dave Gamble. <laughs> I'm just playing. An interview. All I'm great content here on here one FM. <laughs> I, I love can't all take this guy. Keep mumbling. I mean, keep going. Oh, hey, Mike's off. Thank you for joining us on the Weagle The tables have turned to Jared Dillard. That's how Jared Dillard's Weagle career will end on the scoreboard. Nine one point one FM. Thanks for joining the fiftieth birthday celebration. Catch podcasts by after today's show. <laughs> this has been the scoreboard on ninety one point one FM WEGL with Bay Marks and Jacob Hillman. Join us every Thursday at 4 as Jacob and Bay cover all the happenings in sports. You can keep up with all the great shows on Weagle by streaming us on our website at WEGLFM.com and following us on Twitter and Instagram at WEGL underscore AU.